What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Because the Warhorse will fight until he breathes his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprises! Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's Journey into Wrestling, Season 4, Episode 20. I am your host, Nate, today, higher than a kite and higher than RVD. Joining me, <laughs> as always, my co-host, he's homicidal, genocidal, and suicidal. You know him as the man, the myth, the legend. Welcome back once again, Alex Buckles. How you doing, dude? I am driving and surviving, man. How are you doing? Uh, it's crazy. I missed last episode. Um, sorry, guys. Life hit me in the face. It usually doesn't hit me in the face. And uh, it was one of those situations where I had to uh, be a good boyfriend. The end. <laughs> That's all right. I think I, kept, I think I kept the building from burning down. I think you did a fantastic <laughs> job, man. That was a great episode. You, you did my essentially my birthday episode, even though it wasn't my birthday <laughs> at all. But, like, 419 is my birthday date, so... I'm stupid. Just ignore me. Ironically, the same birthday as my father. That's crazy. That means that your dad yeah. has experienced the same crazy shit as I have on April 19th, which is a bunch of tragedies happening. Yep. And you start to go, what the fuck is wrong with April 19th? Seriously. <laughs> what the shit? I don't like it. You know what else I don't like, well, Buckles? What's that? All this crazy shit that's been going on in the wrestling world. There's so much news and insanity and yeah. headlines, and shockingness, and um, firings, and I don't, I don't even, I'm bafflement, yeah. bro, bafflement. We have, we have firings, we have rehirings, we have, uh, we have uh, retirings, we have suspensions, <laughs> uh, suspensions, and and allegations, and just what the fuck, man, like. Quite literally, this would have been a, a, a pretty packed show, uh, you know, a week ago with all the fallout from Backlash and, you know, the normal everyday wrestling shit. We could have added in all the extra stuff now with The Undertaker and some of the injuries and things like that that we're getting into. But no, now we also have the fucking speaking out movement. And I, I don't even... There's not really a better way to say it than the speaking out movement because it is a movement. It is a 
a overriding thing in the entire wrestling world in less than less than a week now. This has been going on. And it just completely throws a wrench into everything that we might have talked about normally because it's just overriding everything. Well, and you know, it's it's interesting because it's overriding everything, but you're, you know, like when I heard the speaking out thing, I thought they were going to nail that dude who used to wrestle for WCW who was a trainer. Was that uh, Bill, uh, Bill DeMott? DeMott. DeMott, yeah. Right, okay, because apparently he was like a really abusive asshole, you know? Right. And then it wasn't that at all. It was like current up-and-coming talents. And I start seeing the list, and I, and I want to jump to this little subtopic of the speaking out movement before we really go headstrong into sure. what's happening. There was some misinformation, and there were some names that were been, that were put on this apparent list of, um, you know, trying to take wrestlers down, essentially. Uh, right. I know that Marty Skrull's name got put on this list. He has nothing to do with anything. Okay? And then well, somebody I've, heard, goes, I've actually seen some allegations since then, too. What's up? I've even I've actually read some allegations today about him. Really? Yeah. Oh god damn it. The thing is though is and and this is another thing. I heard that the there were some allegations allegedly from his party Marty era. And that involved 17-year-old girls and I hate to sound gross, but in the UK that's consent age. Well, actually, uh, the one I heard today was 16 and still age of consent is 16 in the UK. It is 16 in the UK. It's not mm-hmm. 17? Yep, that's correct. Okay, so see, it's different there. The rules are different. He was younger, too, so it was. he's not like... The rules are different. However, the... Well, not to put too fine a point on it, but the allegation I read today was that uh, there was a 16-year-old girl that was very inebriated, and he was having... Uh, suggesting to. Ah. Uh. So, he's he's denying that... He's denying any wrongdoing for one, but saying that a well it's legal, but b this shouldn't be happening anyway. So like it's not, he's like I didn't do it, but it would have it was legal anyway, even if it had been me. So not not the best of takes, but there's so many fucking good, bad, and indifferent takes right now. I just throw it on the pile. Well, and of course, then you also had I saw Darby Allen's name tied to this. Mm-hmm. Now, is there any truth to that? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lay claim as to what's got truth in anything on on any of this. Well, I mean, I guess because, let me better phrase that. Have yeah. there been actual accusers that have come out against Darby Allen? Darby, I, I know some um, names that were on that list. You couldn't find any allegations against them. The one I saw today for Darby, and this was just a few hours ago, actually, was uh, someone coming out on behalf of another girl who used to be in a relationship with him. Um. And said he was more physically abusive or more emotionally abusive than necessarily sexually abusive. You know, which splitting hairs like that seems to be really poor taste. But just to to elaborate on what's being said, um, that he was uh, controlling and mentally abusive to her, which led to basically she didn't feel like she had the ability to say no to begin with. Oh, so this is someone he was supposedly in a relationship with, I do believe. Hmm. Well, okay. Um, now that's yeah. The, I, okay. So then I'm just gonna we're gonna just talk about it a little bit more because again, not splitting hairs to use the phrase you used, but a woman who's in a relationship with Darby—that's their business. Mm-hmm. It, it, trying to smear him in the speaking out campaign, he wasn't like abusing a random person who wasn't 
in a relationship with them, didn't know who they were dealing with, could have walked away. Right. I mean, I hate, I'm not, I'm not trying to victim I mean, did, blame at all. The, it's not like that, but the qualification of it doesn't make him seem like any less of a scumbag. It just, it just, to, be to me, it seems like I guess the thing is, is that people make mistakes. Relationships aren't perfect. How uh, are we to listen? How are we to know? And 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 give me your take on this. No, I, I know. But I like, know. how are we to know what actually happened? And this girl isn't just scorned because they aren't in a relationship, and he's she's trying to drag his name through the mud. Because unfortunately, in a movement where speaking out is a real thing and it is important for people to do so, there are also people who misuse the platform, who try to There's drag people people's been, names through the yeah. mud to try to create a drama or a stress for these people. And sometimes the it's I, their own words, yeah. man, that bite them. Here's the way I look at it right now. Sure. Um, and, and kind of the overarching thing with the whole movement you know, as a whole is that you opened up a floodgate of not just – it's not just sexual abuse. It's trying to change the culture of um, – in wrestling of the male, uh, I guess, boys club mentality or the power structure. And – it's evolved past that now to where it's anything that's involving wrestling, but just speaking out on abuse of power in general. And I, I I'm not going to say the dark, the thing that I've read about Darby specifically, it's not, you know, considered sexual assault or it's not an allegation of rape necessarily, but it's an allegation of uh, domestic abuse, which is no less you know, scummy. Fair. No, now, absolutely whether that's, fair. Whether it's true or not, we may never know. That's the thing. Most of these most of these allegations, the vast majority of them are not going to go to court. You know, Joey Ryan, God willing, might. But the majority of these are just going to be held in the court of public opinion. Let's talk about uh, that for a second. Yeah. You said the name. You said Joey Ryan. Do you want to go through the list of names? Uh, you know what? Please, please, let's go through the list of names first, and then we'll start picking apart, deducing, talking about who's already been punished or whatever's happened. Right. Now, I'm going to go through the list that I have here, which is a couple of days old, unfortunately. This is off of uh, Ringside News. Um, but this is also, I can tell you a few that have been either added or, uh, I should say, uh, refuted since then. Um, but... We had Jim Cornette, Matt Riddle, Velveteen Dream, Darby Allen, Marty Skrull, uh, Pages Family, The Knight Family, uh, David Starr, Dave Crist, Sammy Guevara, Will Ospreay, uh, Chino Reyes, who is a booker in Texas, Dan Math, who is a, uh, uh, I want to say Evolve or Ring of Honor guy, uh, Mark Haggerty, Kirk White, Jimmy Havoc, Trent Seven, Wolfgang, Dave Lagana, Jordan Devlin was a big one. Jack Gallagher, Joe Coffey, Congo Kong, Justin Roberts, Bull James, Travis Banks, Legaro, James Ellsworth, and then the big one being right now Joey Ryan. And there's a shitload of names in there. So, and yeah, let's just fill in our audience because I've only heard a few of the things, but I feel like more stuff against Joey is mounting, and like, yeah, he's he's fucked. He, he, yeah, uh, so. The, the timeline of this whole thing uh, really started with David Starr, who I, I'm pretty sure was on that list. I don't know if he was included on that or not. Yeah, you said David um, Starr because I, I was thinking, yeah, like, I, man, okay. how interesting is it that we've praised his in-ring he, work before only to find this out now? It's oh, unfortunate. No doubt. Like, 
you know, taking bias out of it, he's one of the best ring workers on the planet, period. We've said that before. But um, he was one of the initial, uh, this whole speaking out movement came because someone was accusing him of uh, being a sexual predator. And he went on this Twitter tirade of admitting that he was a terrible partner and he did horrible things to people and blah, 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 but he's not a sexual predator. And then immediately deleted it, then deleted his entire Twitter profile. Um, and every, within probably 24 hours, it seemed like, every major promotion that had anything to do with him being notably over-the-top wrestling out of Ireland, uh, WXW out of Germany, two of his home promotions, Progress Wrestling being another, uh, completely disavowed him. Like, stripped him of any title and said, we will not be working with him Um so pretty hard evidence right away that uh, there's smoke to that fire. There's fire to the smoke, rather. Um, and even then, there's also now been video evidence of him, like, video chatting with people and asking for shit and, I mean, asking for sexual favors and shit like that. So he was really the, the, the flashpoint of it all. Um, and from that, it was included with uh, the girl who accused him used the hashtag speaking out. And kind of like the Me Too movement, uh, in recent times, uh, it picked up on Twitter and girls, um, predominantly girls on Twitter in the wrestling world started using that to say, Hey, you're strong enough to say this. I'm going to come out and give my story now. And it went from there. Um, you had girls like, uh, Jordan Grace that were in support of it. Allison K was a big supporter of it when it first started hitting. And all of a sudden the floodgates opened and you just had this tidal wave of, that list of names um, and some accusations that are legitimately, you know, hard to, hard to stomach. Um, the one against Matt Riddle in particular was, was rough to hear. And maybe one of the stranger cases we're going to have that probably may not go anywhere. He may be one that I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he may be one that actually doesn't get any punishment or comes off as innocent. There's a le- non-zero chance of it. Well, yeah, and, and it's because of how he protected himself. Well, in the early part of him the, being the spe- a part the of the specific company. case of Matt, the specific case of Matt Riddle was that the girl that accused him, um, essentially of sexually assaulting her in a car um, during a ride along, uh, his wife went out immediately and said, "No, we know who this person is. She's been stalking him for years and is just out to make a buck off his name." And apparently, like. And ironically enough, this also went down the same day he debuted on SmackDown um, with a win over AJ Styles, no less. Um, He supposedly, WWE was already aware of the situation, and he had gone to them as soon as, like, I guess they knew about it prior, and he went to them as soon as stuff started breaking down and said, hey, this is what's going to happen next. She's going to say something about this. And apparently they were either okay with it enough to not change things or not, you know, throw him under the bus or they were just okay with it in general. I don't know. It's, it lends credence to me that they didn't think it was a big enough issue. Now that could be because they're scumbags and don't think that rape's a big issue or, which I think is more likely, is that they, this girl may not be on the up and up. We don't know. And... This that's one that probably will be settled in court. It's like an Enzo situation all over again, except for he did the right thing in informing them right away of what was going on. Yes, instead of not yes. letting them know what was happening. Right. 
but by virtue of the fact that he was on top of it beforehand could mean a that he knew that she was going to rat on him and he was just trying to get out ahead of it or b that he knew that maybe she's not on the up and up and that he's just trying to protect himself before she does something bad to him so we we may never know that one mm. um that's obviously one of the more high-profile names just by virtue of who he is and where he's at. Uh, the Jim Cornette thing took me aback, for one, because it involved his wife. Um, and is just... I've gotten to see some of the screenshots of the shit, and it's crazy. Now, I don't uh, know about evidently. the screenshots. I just have heard generally, and I'm, I'm, this is just based on reporting that's that's from the internet so if it's wrong i'm you know don't right. don't come right. after us and try to sue us Cornette. we're we don't we're not holding you to it we don't know <laughs> we genuinely don't I, I know get, in any i get of the these distinct impression yet. i get the distinct impression he's got bigger irons in the fire than us uh um sure yeah yeah he uh the allegation against him and his wife was that during his time as a booker for i don't know if it was ovw or smoky mountain i don't remember which somewhere he was the head booker and trainer um that he would pressure talent into sleeping with his wife while he watched, essentially. Male talents, yeah. Yeah. And they would blackmail and, them if they didn't with, yeah. you know. And supposedly, like, you know, used his ability to blackball them or, or you know, things like that to run them out of the business as if they didn't comply. The screenshots I was referring to supposedly is a uh, conversation that some guy had with his wife where she's like tweeting him pictures of slash tires and claiming that, that he's next if he doesn't comply kind of thing. Whoa. Like, man, it'd be a real shame if you lost your job. Like, it's really scummy. Ooh. Um, and, of course, Cornette in true Cornette fashion is claiming the only thing he's guilty of is having a crazy sex life. <laughs> like, of course, he... he you can't shame something that doesn't know shame, for one thing. That's true. Um, but, like, it's the Velveteen Dream being mixed up in it. Uh, more evidence, kind of, like, the first incident that we heard about, you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago, that kind of went under the carpet, and then there's been further allegations of it. So, we may not see Dream for a while. And really, I mean, the casualties of it already, uh, WWE immediately released Jack Gallagher. I mean, within hours, what released did he Jack do Gallagher. exactly? Um, he like I I guess it was in a nightclub or something. Basically, just forced himself on somebody. Oh God! Like forced him to come sit on his lap and a bunch of other shit. Like was just groping her. Um, and he, I mean, there was no hesitation. He was fired on the spot. They were waiting to fire him because they already didn't like him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they were waiting for me. He was on. TV. He was on the, the NXT Cruiserweight tournament as recently as two, three weeks ago. Ah. Like, they were pushing him to an extent. So, it wasn't a, you know, suspension until we find out what's going on and we don't tolerate it. No, it's we he's been released. So, probably, uh, probably guilty there. Damn. Um, over in, uh, I, we haven't touched on Joey Ryan yet, but I know Joey Ryan and uh, Dave Christ have both been uh, let go. Uh, Dave Christ apparently was on thin ice anyway for being a dick. Like, people just didn't like him. But um, you have... Uh, oh, um, Michael Elgin's also been suspended. Um, 
we haven't even hit on Sammy Guevara yet because it's a all things considered a minor thing really. Uh, Jimmy Havoc uh, was both accused of drunkenly punching out a fan after a progress show once, and then of sexual assault. Lovely. And to which I hate to say it, AEW had a terrible take on. They dropped the ball on their that? response. That was uh, that was not a good look. They did much better with Sammy. I'll give them that. The Sammy situation they handled much better, and hopefully they learned from it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, the UK scene uh, seems to be the a, a hot spot of it right now. Uh, like I, a lot of those names that I mentioned are part of WWE UK or NXT UK. Uh, Legero, Joe Coffey, uh, Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin. Uh, were some of the first accused. Um, I know someone accused uh, Wolfgang of having underage girl pictures on his phone. Whoa. Of, like, literally waiting outside of a school to take pictures of people. Like, just scummy shit. And again, it sucks because it's all this is all through social media, so we may never know any of it. Um, but it doesn't preclude the fact that the shit does happen. Hell, um... TJP, uh, who wrestled down in Mexico for a lot of his early career, talked about being abused by those female trainers. Um, the I mentioned the, the Knight family, Paige's family. Uh, Soraya Knight, Paige's mother, uh, tweeted out or uh, put out on social media today that she was leaving wrestling entirely because of this. Wow. Like, she is so pissed off about the allegations against her family that she's just leaving the business entirely on the spot. Said that the police want to talk to her, they can come find her. Whoa. Uh, her training school is being as being accused of uh, people requiring her to sleep with trainers for higher booking or uh, telling trainers to be extremely rough on talent that didn't comply and going shooting on people, that kind of thing. Like, there's a lot of scummy shit. Um, yeah, and and... To top it all off, Joey Ryan being the uh, really the, it seems like the he's going to come off as the worst of the worst out of it. And is anyone I surprised mean, we're looking at, that Joey Ryan is accused in all this? It's weird. It really is weird because so many so many wrestlers and people who have been associated with him have had weird statements about it, like. You have Joey Janela who said, yep, I knew about that. Well, it should have been obvious, and the guy was, I knew, I've known about this for a while. Then you have Candice LeRae, someone who was notably in a tag team with him for years that had no clue and was just horrified by the whole thing. Um, the Bucks uh, did not release this week's Being the Elite because supposedly it would have had Joey on it. Uh, or had Sammy on it, one of the two, and they've taken down their Joey-centric episodes that led up to the original All In. Wow. Um, and they're fucked up over him because that was somebody that was a close friend of theirs. Um, but there's a lot of people that said that they didn't they didn't think... Uh, the, the weird thing about it is because of his gimmick, you could say, yeah, well, who would have thought, who'd have thought the dick flip guy would be the one, you know, sexually assaulting people, huh? That's who'd what have I'm thought? saying. Well, it's too, it's, it's obvious. Like, of course it's, 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 it's obvious, but also at the same time, it's too obvious, but okay. it almost, it's, it's, it's easy for somebody to say, oh, he's just doing his gimmick. 
But this, or he's just being that guy. But this is so interesting because this ties into something yeah. else that's happening in the real world, and I don't know how aware or privy you are to knowledge of like the like the like basic entertainment. But do you know who Chris D'Elia is? Uh, the name sounds familiar, but I'm not placing it. Okay, so he's a really funny. He was a really funny comedian. Okay. And one of his earliest roles was on Workaholics playing a pedophile, okay? Right. And then more recently, he did a role in a show called You, which I suggested to everybody on JIC this week. Watch You. I finished season two. It's amazing. Um, he plays a pedophile on that show, too. Guess what? Boom. Comes out. He is actually a fucking pedophile, dude. <laughs> Sometimes you're just good at playing that character for a reason, I guess. Exactly. Like... And it's just crazy. So, like, Netflix and Hulu or Hulu and Amazon Prime pulled the episodes featuring right. him as a pedophile off of their services because it's too, it's too on the nose. So, but, right, and it's 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 weird just because it's it's on the one hand it's too obvious, on the second hand it's the perfect disguise because he just acts the way his gimmick would, and people don't expect him to be acting. They just think he's acting in character. They're just like, oh, he's in gimmick. He's being funny. Touch his dick. Right. Oh, ha, ha. But, like, he literally but, had people that would come and stand in line to touch his penis for, like, yeah. $35. Yeah. Come on, and man. Then you find out. The, uh, some of, here's the thing is, like, some of what's what people are accusing these uh, the people on that list, some of it is, you know, just lewd, like, lewd pictures being sent uh, unsolicited or you know, trying to hold something over somebody's head for booking and black, I would not say blackmail outright, but using their influence and coercion and things like that. Uh, there's different degrees of what people are being accused of. Joey Ryan's being accused of outright rape, like criminal rape. Yeah. So uh, there's a guy, there's a uh, indie wrestler named Tony Deppen that's uh, one of the guys I've had on my short list for someone to watch for a while. Um, I've known about him for a couple of years, but, uh, his tweet on the subject was, uh, you know, suspensions and, 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 you know, canceling, canceling is not quite enough. Fuck Joey Ryan. He should be rotting in jail. I'm like, Oh, all right. <laughs> That's not mincing words. I like it. Um, and, and the thing is like, we can sit here and discuss the whole idea of, Oh, real quick, another quick aside on Joey Ryan. You know he was doing an impact right now, right? No, I don't. He is a part of a tag team or a stable with RVD and his wife, fiance, whatever you want to call her, called literally hashtag cancel culture. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, they fired uh, it's, him, it's, right? It's, He's gone from impact. Oh, yes. He is. He is no longer with impact. Um. But the thing of it is, like, you can talk about the individual situations, you can talk about the individual people and cases and allegations and everything, but you can't lose sight of the main idea, which is the shit shouldn't be happening anywhere, anybody, any one person. You you can talk about having a women's revolution in wrestling, and it's a good thing, it's a great thing to see the women's wrestling getting to where it is now. But you can't discount the fact of the reason it's it was at where it was is because you had a culture that demeaned women. You had a culture that treated women as ring rats and as objects and as the quote-unquote boys club that required favors to get ahead. And that shit's got to stop, period. 
it should have never started. To it should have never happened. Never, yeah, it never should have happened to begin with. But the shit should be stopping. The fact that the fact that it takes multiple people having to come out just to get the news out now. Think if uh, it, it it pains me to say this, but think if no one had said anything. Think if that first person who accused David Starr hadn't said that or hadn't put that hashtag on it. Think of what happened if that hadn't gone viral. Would we hear of any of this? No. Joey Ryan would. Yeah. And then we're all fans of this asshole who's fucking little yeah. kids or raping women. Well, I mean, you 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 got to look at what does impact do about this now? Because did they know about it? What's their culture like? Go to uh, uh, NWA. Dave Lagana immediately uh, stepped down. Immediately stepped down. Um, now he's also come out and he's had a very lengthy, very lengthy um, rebuttal against the accusations, um, which may or may not help his situation. I don't know. I've read it, but I don't really think it much really helps him so much as just kind of presents his side of the story. But. That's going to scuttle NWA for the time being until they can figure out what the fuck to do. And they've already been scuttled, bro. Right. They, right. You know what upsets me? But the thing me? is... What's that? You know what upsets me? What's that? Is that all this shit's what we're talking about this week. We're not talking about an amazing debut on AEW or, or interesting news or, or right. retirements right, right. now. I'm still, I, I still want to get to some good news at some point. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we will, but listen, right now, you and I have to avoid the pleasantries... And talk about this right. really shitty subject because it's still happening, because it's a thing, because, quite frankly, men need to realize they're not entitled to get their dick wet the end. Amen. Like, that's, that's all it comes down to. Listen, if there a are women around men. you, if they're flirting, let them flirt. If they want a 100% full-blown suck your dick, okay, cool, that's great. That's what you probably want. But if she says, no, thanks, man, I'm not interested, walk away. The yeah. best thing you can teach a man in your life is, and my dad taught it to me from a very early age, Nate, if a girl says no, it means no. Yeah, That absolutely. is it. It is not that absolutely. fucking hard. No, it's not. And it's, it's, a, it's a really depressing thing to, to see that it's, it's as permeated as it is into, that, into the culture that you and I like. You know, it's, it's, uh, I don't like hearing about how horribly progress handled all this shit. As most of the names in British wrestling that I just named off there uh, were major players in progress at one point or another. Um, their handling of uh, the Jimmy Havoc thing was reprehensible. Um, like they basically said, well, we don't control our people when they leave the building. Sorry. Whoa. Yeah, that was their response to Joey, to Jimmy Havoc punching out a fan after a show. Like a guy, a guy literally walked up to him and said, hey, that was a great match. And the, Jimmy Havoc just decked him in the face. Like, the, their excuse was, well, some, some of our wrestlers like to stay in character. Well, fuck you. No, that's not, that's not an answer. I guess my, my issue with Jimmy is is that Jimmy has seemed like, and, and I enjoy Jimmy Havoc as a wrestler. I'm not going to take away mm -hmm. the, the fact that he, when I watched him in the ring, I was, I was entertained. But he has always seemed like a troubled soul. Like, well, he's had he's had a history of alcohol issues in the past. I do believe. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure with that comes a troubled past. And and and. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, so like, the punching a fan out and thing doesn't really surprise yeah. me. It's like whatever. He's probably drunk and well, was just a fucking dickhead. Sure, that happens. 
you know, like I said, it was more that it was more progress's handling of that that made me kind of shocked. But like, I mean, it's not it's it shouldn't come as a shock to anybody to see that there's substance abuse issues or there's emotional issues with people that are involved with wrestling. There's a dark side of the ring show for a reason. <laughs> However, there's shit that can be controlled by the people in control of it, by the people in power who are not doing that. If you're a promoter, if you are, like, it bugs the shit out of me. It really bothers me to know, to think of Joey Ryan being this guy that has been so, like, so horrible, apparently, and to be booked so heavily by so many people. That tells me that either he is the greatest actor ever and just no one bought it or no one no one noticed it or people were willing to look the other way. And I know which of the two seems a lot more likely. People looking the other way. Absolutely. Because you can't change a person and a monster is a monster is a monster. And I'll tell you what, listen, man, well, I don't know about you. To me, there's just too many. I don't know about John Doe in the middle of Kansas City, Missouri, but... I've always felt like I have that in me to be in a room, and if I'm around a person, I can sense if they're bad. Like it's 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 in a way the way people carry themselves. You can tell in small little actions of a person if they're good or bad. And and the the unfortunate thing is is the worst kind of people seem really really good, like almost too good. Mm-hmm. You know, like goddamn, how are you so flawless? How's there how's there no Stink on your shit, bro. There's, that's weird, you know? So, you know, like I said, Joey Ryan, monster, hiding in plain sight. Think about it this way. The guy's a, a sex offender or reportedly a, a, a rapist for all intents and purposes. And not only did he have the, the name or the, the, the dick flip gimmick, he was sponsored by porn websites. Yeah. Like. There, he's around so many people in that kind of environment, no less. You got to think he's been to shows, you know, he's been to the fucking porn awards and shit like that. If he doesn't end up getting charges brought against him officially yeah. and going to jail over this, it'll be surprising. Well, and it'll it, be very but surprising. also if he doesn't, he he does have a, a promising career. He won't wrestle, but he'll do porn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just so being not. real. Like he. Well, if if the, if if, if he comes away from this without actually like it brushes him, but no one ever officially charges him and all this, which I doubt that's going to happen. But let's just say he he's probably going to go down that path, which is wouldn't surprise me. Gross. It w- I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. But, but whatever. I mean, simple fact is that we you can make a movement, you can make a hashtag, you can do all these things, and I'm happy to hear it happy to see that it's coming out i'm happy to like it's horrifying to read it all but i'm happy that it's being done but it still falls to the promoters and it still falls to the the locker rooms and it still falls to the people there to make sure that it doesn't continue happening and that's something that you and i and anybody else don't have any control over correct it still falls on nwa it still falls on impact to say hey we're not going to shirk on our background checks and if we hear something about this guy, we're not going to look the other way. Or, you know, somebody in the locker room, if a Joey Janela sees something, like, something that's kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. I like Joey Janela. I know he took a lot of a lot of happiness in seeing that uh, that 
Cornette's getting shit on. I know he took some happiness out of that, but if if you're brazen enough to go on Twitter as soon as Joey Janela gets accused and say, yep, I saw it happen, or I knew it was happening, I knew about it all along, why the fuck didn't you come out in the first place and say something then? Why were you the first person to say something? And I and I know I know the idea of getting blackballed and snitching on somebody and, you know, I don't want to say anything and lose my position. I get that. That's fine. I understand that. But I, I, you know, I got to think, what would I do in that person's shoes? And I would want to think, personally, that I would go, hey, fucking stop it. Or I, this needs to be, this needs to stop happening. And it's bigger than my career. Like, it's, it's, it bugs the shit out of me to hear somebody saying, well, yeah, I've known that's happening for years. Then why the fuck are we just now hearing about it from, from you? Like, oh, that's a, that is a, that is a very it's, it's, noble question of you because but, I agree. But it also, but it comes back to, it comes back to, okay, what happens now? If somebody's in a locker room or somebody's at a party, you know, after the fact and sees something like that happen and sees a Joey Ryan or sees a, a, a wrestler, you know, hitting on somebody underage or, you know, pressuring somebody that doesn't seem to be, you know, reciprocating the feelings, then you need to say something about it. You need to do something about it. Because if you let it happen, it will continue to happen. If you don't continue trying to kill the weeds, they will take root again. Oh, man, I have a weird, a weird way to look at this. You know... <clears throat> This is not unlike what happened in Hollywood. No, not at all. It's the same kind of paradigm. Men in some position of power using that position of power to choose to take advantage of or try to take mm-hmm. advantage of women, sometimes underage, sometimes of age, <clears throat> sometimes wrestlers they were training who that confided in them, you know, right. shit like that. And then, like using their power of influence to try to get what they want and manipulate these girls. It's it's a very dark and disgusting uh, thing, but it, it all comes from the same thing, man. It's all these prima donna people that think they're better than everybody else that get these positions of, of, of fame or power. Mm-hmm. And listen, I, I've touched, quote-unquote, a little bit of success, a tiny little inkling of that word. And I didn't go mad with power or think that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like that. And it's not like that. And I, I think that, the, like, you know, the names that came out in all this, again, the accused, some will walk away learning their lesson, some will walk away in jail, mm-hmm. some will never have a wrestling career again, whatever it is. But... It needed to happen because it weeds out the, oh, yeah. the bad absolutely, absolutely within the entirety of the system. Like I said, you, you hate to see it, but you love to see it. You hate to hear that the guy you really liked is a scumbag. You know, I don't want to think that – I thought Joey Ryan – I dug his shtick. I thought it was funny as hell. I thought it was stupid funny. I laughed when he came out to the uh, the ghost dicks at All In. But I don't want to, I don't like thinking that, man, he was a scumbag. That's, that's, I don't like that. I know you don't like hearing that somebody's accusing Marty Skrull. That one was hard for you me know? to stomach. And I will say, listen, yeah. 
okay, so here's the thing about Marty that I wanted to kind of touch on in the beginning is that he was accused, and people were like, oh, if you want to know what happened to Marty, just search on Twitter and you'll find out. And there was nothing. Literally, for the first, like, three or four days of this movement, there was nothing on Marty. Because I was checking. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because if Marty is a bad guy, I can't go around wearing a villain club shirt in public. Come on. the only thing that gives me pause, and you're right, I didn't, I didn't see anything immediately about him. I was, you, I heard his name coming from you before I saw it on a news sheet. But the only thing that gives me pause, or like the reason to say, well, I don't know, maybe, is the list of names I, I listed off from Progress. That that group of people, that Legero, that Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin, Joe Coffey, all of them, he was right in there with that same circle. So. If it's a systemic thing, if it's that locker room, if it's that that culture in that specific area, then he's right in the middle of it. Not saying he did or didn't, but it makes me it lends an air of believability to it. Sure, for sure. Um, Will Osprey's name's got involved. Um, I don't think Osprey is being accused of sexual misconduct of any right. I think he's being more accused of um, he got somebody's booking canceled or refused to book somebody after they came out against somebody for sexual assault, like one of his boys. Oh, it was something along those lines. book canceling. Well, like, some a girl came out against one of his friends, and then her booking dried up immediately afterwards, and she is accusing him of it. Hmm. So, I mean, scummy, but not sexually assault scummy, at least. Okay, so Which uh, kind of leads me back to uh, Sammy Guevara. Thank you. I was just going to get to that. I was going to say, so... Did you see the most recent thing with that today? Okay, I, I'm, as far as I can see, completely caught up in the Sammy Guevara drama with him and Sasha that started as something really funny and kind of, you know, I thought it was cute and innocent on... Yes and no. On Twitter, you like, know? Okay. So... Started with, uh, I, I think it was a ratings thing. It was the fact that the Sasha Bailey beat the sex gods in the ratings or something like that, the Jericho and Guevara team up. And he tweeted out a picture of uh, Ricochet in his younger days with long hair and made reference to looking like Sasha, which is innocent. It's kind of it's kind of douchey, but it is kind of funny. It's more of a dig on Ricochet than it is on her. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But... Uh, but because of that, somebody, the Twitterverse being as uh, fast moving as it is, went and found him on a podcast. I think it was a podcast or a YouTube video or something a couple of years ago. I think like 2016, I believe. Yes. Um, making the comment that, wow, Sasha Banks was hot. I would totally rape that for all intents and purposes. I, he used the phrase, I would want to rape her. And, you know, on 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 the one hand, does anybody actually think he wanted to go out and sexually assault Sasha Banks? I don't think anyone really did. No, of course not. But it's an extremely off-color joke and really in poor taste. And to their credit, AEW went out and said, okay, we don't condone that kind of language. Sammy's been suspended without pay uh, indefinitely. His He's pay is going to go to women's his rights. His pay is going to... a, a a women's shelter or something similar to a women's shelter yep. or rape clinic kind of thing, which great. Um, and Sammy issued an apology. 
there was a little dust up where apparently uh, somebody tweeted out well that he was just making a joke and he liked it and then unliked it. Somebody still found the time to screenshot it when he had liked it, so he got a little blowback from that. But um, the the consensus at that point, a lot of people thought, well, he was just apologizing because he got caught, not because he was legitimately sorry kind of thing. Well, we know now that Sasha reached out to him specifically. Like, she went out of her way to reach out to him and have a conversation with him. Is that a phone call? And That's fucking huge. Yeah. She she handled it extremely well, for one. The statement she released about it was very professional um, and very mature. And she said that, you know, he made a dumb, boneheaded comment. And, you know, he understands now why that is hurtful. And I hope that he learns from it. We had a conversation. Um, well, Sammy today uh, went out and he posted on his vlog and even commented it's probably going to be the last time he posts on it for a while because he's going away to try to make himself better. Yep. And he really went out of his way to own it and legitimately apologize for it. So good on him definitely for trying to become better. And, you know, the idea of, well, 2016 me is not me now. Kind of, it's, people can use that as a hollow excuse and just say, oh, I'm not the same person. Well, you know, it's it's a cynical way. To, it's cynical to say that no, you know, you're just the same person. You always, people can change. People can grow, and four years is a long time. Totally, so I'm not the same person maybe I he am is, today that I was four years ago at right. all. Shit, I'm not the same person I was yesterday. Exactly, I'll be the first to say that. But so I I I wanted to give Sammy the benefit of the doubt. You know, just for the original. Original apology, I'm more likely to give somebody the benefit of a doubt if they at least sound apologetic. But in this case, it seems like he really is contrite and going out of his way to try to fix the situation or try to fix himself for it. And good on him for that. So well, I'll be the first to say I'm, I said dumb shit in my early 20s, too. I get it. And I, I, I like off-color humor. I love shock humor because I think sometimes it can be funny as shit. And I'll, say, I'll be the first to tell you I would learn how to take a joke. However, time and place are a thing. And there's certain you things know, you, there's, that, I hate to say it, there's certain things that men have to learn are actually boundaries you don't cross with women. Right. You know? I mean, there's some things you can do in the context of comedy. I mean, George Carlin was not exactly the most PC of person. Totally. But context is a thing. It's one thing to say something on stage as a comedy bit. It's something else to say something that really can be construed as you trying to be that person. And you've got to have a brain in your head. The right one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I said, good on Sammy for legitimately seeming like he's getting better or trying to get better. Good on AEW for taking the right steps as opposed to the way they handled Havoc. Good statement um, announcing his suspension. Yeah, that that was, it was, was better. No. It was better. Um. I don't. It, jury's out as for WWE. Uh, obviously, like I said, they 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 shit can uh, Jack Gallagher with a quickness. So far, that's it, though. So far, that's it. But um, that's also uh, this is going to sound kind of uh, this is going to sound harsh, but in comparison to what Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream are being accused of. That's something that those two will probably need to be settled in court because those could also involve criminal charges. <laughs> I don't think what I think Gallagher could be construed as it's it's sexual assault, but it would probably be 
I hate to say it probably would be a misdemeanor. And it would almost be impossible to prove in court of law unless you had right. video. Whereas Velveteen Dreams uh, allegations, um, you're involving pedophilia, minors, and felonies. Yep. Uh, and Matt Riddle is being accused of outright rape. Which, if a, te- if a, if a kit was done on the female and proved that he right. had DNA inside of her, well, then his theory of that she's crazy completely goes out the shit can, and now well, he's in the light. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to find that. You're not going to find DNA proof on something this far back. To- too, totally. To- I understand that. Totally. I do understand that. No, but. there's the riddle thing in particular is going to get really. It's either going to be really ugly and public or really ugly and we never hear of it again. Um, because WWE's lawyers are getting involved in that as well. So either it's. You know, something legit and goes to court and we're going to hear about it all over the news. Or it's hushed up. And whether, you know, whether he comes away from it scot-free, we don't know. Uh, It's hard to say whether or not, based on him, you know, like I said, this all happened his debut night where he beat AJ Styles essentially clean in his debut match. Um hard to say whether or not they're going to continue pushing him like that that show was taped in advance and the allegations came out literally a few hours before airtime so they would not have had time to cut and edit out a you know 35 minute chunk of the show so they were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place as to whether to let that go to air so we can't really judge you know their future moves based on that we'll see if he shows back up this friday i guess or in what capacity? Sure. Um, I mean, right now, Styles is the Intercontinental Champion, and he's got a clean win over him. So, by the powers that vested in WWE, that means he should have an Intercontinental title shot coming up. So, if he gets an IC belt shot and, you know, God forbid wins, I'm pretty sure that WWE is still going to continue to push him. Yeah. And if, if it, we don't if hear anything else about it. And we don't see him on yeah. TV, we could see him, yeah. you know. Flicker out. The same goes for Velveteen Dream. He had a uh, he had a bit part in last week's episode of NXT, but again, that was pre-taped. And <laughs> let's just go ahead and say it. It's also been it was pre-taped for reasons that we haven't even gotten into yet. <laughs> other whole other stories we haven't touched on yet. Oh yeah, we'll get there in a second. But before we leave the speaking out thing, I do encourage you to go check out the Keith Lee thing because that one mm-hmm. was surprising. It's not that I, he I is would, accused. I want to clear yeah. that up. He's not accused of anything, but he had something happen to him, and it's very. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Whoa!" You got to point out this shit goes two ways too. Uh, again, Soraya Knight's accused of shit. Uh, TJP said that he was assaulted by women, and the shit goes both ways. We're, this isn't a one sex only thing, and it's, it's got to stop on either side the of the court itself. too. What's that? It has to stop on both sides of the court, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, this is about changing the culture, not just changing one gender side of it. It's the culture itself that has to change, period. But that's neither here nor there at this point. Um, I would encourage, if you're wanting to look into more information on this, seek it out yourself. I'm not, I'm not saying that as a cop-out, but... I say that because you need to be able to see the evidence and make your own assumptions based on that. And I think don't everybody listening should on, do exactly yeah. what you said. Don't don't make your assumptions on somebody's guilt based on something you hear. Make your assumptions on somebody's guilt based on something you read 
something that you are, you know, seeing the evidence of. Uh, if you can stomach it, if you want to stomach it, go out and look out screenshots. Go look at some of the statements that are being posted and go from there. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Nate's word for it. Don't take anybody's word for it. Take the word of the people who are actually speaking. Absolutely, 100%. Have you uh, have you found Keith Lee's thing, bro? I haven't. I honestly haven't really been. I haven't looked up too much. I didn't know if you had it or if I, if I was going to look try to look for it myself. Here, let me let me pull it up because I have it. It's like right on my thing. I was just reading it a few minutes ago. Sure. So I uh, tell you what, I'm going to actually while you're doing that, I'm going to see if I can track down the uh, the uh, Marty Scurll thing for you. Sure. Okay, so. <clears throat> Three hours ago, he penned this uh, to his page, and I'll read his follow-up as well. This is all very, very poignant with the times. He posts, he says, not out of spite, not because I want to cause anyone harm, not out of anger or hate. I simply want you to know, hashtag, you are not alone. I am speaking out. And then he's got his own little uh, story that he's, you know screenshotted for himself so he can share it as a quick picture and it says uh, I'm going to share a story with you that very very few know I'm watching friends and associates speak out I'm noticing how much strength it is taking for them to bring forth their stories I shall share one of my own I cannot lock down the time frame because of how hazy it was for me however I was living in Texas during this time perhaps 2016 or 17, I was in Dallas for an event, or maybe just to visit family. Afterwards, I went to an old bar I would sometimes visit and sing at. I had been some time, so I was unfamiliar with the... It had been some time, so I was unfamiliar with the atmosphere. But the vibe of the music kept me interested. Eventually, I got to sing a song. Afterwards, a young lady asked to sit with me. I was alone, so I did not mind and welcomed her. We went on to talk about the beauty of music and books... Random philosophies on life. It was truly a pleasant conversation. I am often told I am oblivious when someone is interested in me. And I would have to concur as I did not realize the interest until she blatantly expressed it. To which I declined as I was taken at that time. She was disappointed but still pleasant. She would continue to make passes throughout the night citing all that she wanted to do to me. I politely declined and explained I enjoyed the company, but that chat could not continue. Then I offered to buy her a drink as an apology before I headed to the restroom. She declined and said that she'd buy me one because she enjoyed my song so much that I could go ahead for the bathroom. I expressed gratitude and when I put in a song before and I went and put in a song before heading for the bathroom. I would return to fresh drinks. We'd continue discussing the types of training I do. I'd try to get her to sing, but she would act shy and decline, saying she'd enjoy listening to others, but I didn't want attention on her. She, I even offered to help with Bohemian Rhapsody. It's kind of my go-to when people are nervous about karaoke. I was trying to be inviting, and that uh, song is pure fun. <clears throat> Here's where things turn really crazy. Unfortunately, it's a ride around here. Things became extremely fuzzy for me. No matter how much I rack my brain, all I find myself able to recall is struggling to make it to the stage and stumbling towards a car. After that, I recall waking up naked in a hotel room. I don't even recall if it was my own room. Confused and in a panic. I was fortunate enough to have my essentials, such as my wallet and my phone, but who knows what all I lost. 
To this day, I don't know what happened. I have tried to forget about it ever since. But I tell this story so people understand. Anyone can be a victim. Anyone. It is why I randomly stopped drinking, and it is why it remains such a rarity to this day. Keith Lee. Wow. And then he follows it up with one final thing. He says this. Today I shared something with you that neither my closest friends nor family knew, and now I shall find a way to focus on tomorrow. And that's all. You know, something I want to point out real quick, that... Uh, when you talk about assault and you talk about you know sexual abuse and things like that, the idea of you know some innocent woman you know being assaulted or you know a meek woman or something like that, Keith Lee is not a meek woman by any stretch. Not even close. This is this is a giant human being who I think we can all at this point say is more athletic and beefy than most people could ever, you know, dream of being. Totally. And if this happened to him, you know, that's it could happen to anybody. He's right, anybody can be a victim, even, you know, giant he-men. So, yeah. I I appreciate you showing me that. Um I actually rather than going through and reading these two articles, I just sent you the links to the Darby Allen and the Marty Scurll thing. Okay. Um also want to point out, I just read a headline that uh, apparently Sarah Logan is leaving wrestling entirely. Whoa. She's uh, going to be doing TV, I guess. Interesting. Like, not a, this isn't bad news or anything, just interesting news. Just happened to pop up while I was looking at that. Um, also interesting because they're, as an aside, they're possibly teasing the reunion of the Riot Squad on Raw now. So, interesting timing. Um, but yeah, the... Yeah, I appreciate you showing me that. It's a, uh, and good for him to be able to come out and say it. As I mean, that's. God, I can only imagine. I I don't want to imagine what that's got to be like. Just waking up and having no recollection of what you've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, are there repercussions? I mean, you know thinking about it, like he's not aware of what his actions is. If he finished and like was in her and then now she's got a kid of his like there's all this shit that could just be there's that and you know think about if you want to talk about reasoning to stay quiet and you you hear women that are afraid to come out and say anything uh as part of the crux of this whole movement but think about the optics of being a uh, giant athletic gigantic black guy in texas no less and a woman accused, and it's your word against hers. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's. Uh, Think about the current you environment. You're not going to win that fight that we live in right now. Huh? Think about the current environment we live in, even outside of wrestling right now. Oh, absolutely! It's like, it's it's really damaging to see this is such a big problem within wrestling, but within our society as a right. whole. Speaking um, of Keith Lee. Speaking of Keith Lee, another good reason, one of the reasons you should really absolutely love the dude. Shout out. Did you get to watch uh, Takeover in your house? I did. It was awesome. Shout out, shout out to see him with the uh, BLM on the on the, uh, on the the gear. Yep. Shout out to the New Day for taking a knee on, on SmackDown. Did you happen to see that? Yes, I did. That was awesome. That Both was those fucking awesome. awesome. That was fucking great. 
Mia Yim coming out with this uh, with the Central Park Five gear. Good for you. Good for good for you. I love that shit. Hell Big yeah. E's a great human being as well. Um. Yeah. See, we did get some good news. <laughs> Yay. Um. To kind of spin off into the next one of the next things, and the uh, the world is falling down around us. News. Um. I mentioned that the shows, uh, the Raw and SmackDown and NXT and all that were pre-taped. Part of the reason they were pre-taped is they had to move taping dates. Why did they have to move taping dates? Because someone tested positive for COVID. An huh. actual talent. Imagine that. Hmm. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say something really fast because we talked about it before in the show that AEW has gone out of their way to say, hey, we are testing everybody. This is how we are testing everybody. WWE, on the other hand, claimed... We're testing everybody. We have this weird magical powder that we use, this cleaning agent that kills COVID. We're just dousing the whole place with it every time. We're going out of our way to make sure everybody's safe. Well, come to find out about a week prior, uh, I think it was last weekend, basically the week between uh, the last episode of this show and this past weekend, uh, that uh, word got out that no, they weren't doing any testing whatsoever. They're taking temperatures, and that's about it. They weren't doing any really strenuous testing at all uh partially with the uh the idea behind it being that no tests means no positive test which should sound familiar for all the horrible reasons that it should sound familiar hmm. i feel like uh yeah. i feel like some leader some, in the free world. some hall of famer might have said that i guess yeah hmm. uh if we don't test we can't test positive so that that broke that they weren't really testing that heavily and then magically we somehow, we suddenly get, you know, oh, now we're testing. Now we're definitely testing. Now we're definitely testing. Hey, well, somebody just tested positive. Good job. And then uh, you have Kevin Owens deciding to stay home. He refuses to work with him. Yep. He's like, I'm done. He uh, Kevin Owens decided to stay home. He should be back in a couple of weeks, supposedly. But uh, had claimed that, you no, know, he is, uh, he's got family at home that was, uh, that was immunocompromised or something along those lines. He had good reason for doing so. Um. Yeah, almost immediately, Kevin Owens is taking a couple weeks off. Does that mean he's um, officially disappeared from existing within the company? Uh, yes, at least for the time being. He hasn't been on the show in a couple weeks, and they really, I mean, hell, they don't really do a good job of addressing shit like that anyway. Sami Zayn disappeared, and they never mentioned he, he's he's just kind of disappeared off the list. Hmm. Uh, Roman Reigns has been persona non grata for the most part, which... I mean, granted, if you're not running stories about him, you don't necessarily have to talk about him, but... Yeah, but they kind of went out of their way to not show him, like even avoiding him in video packages where he should yeah, be involved I know, at I know. We, we, Benoit. We discussed that. We talked about it. But, um, yeah, to a bit of a black eye for WWE in, in a time where they can really... Not, they really can't afford a whole hell of a lot more black eyes at this point. Um. Yeah, they're not testing for COVID. No, yeah, now we've got people testing positive, and now, now we've got a real problem. Um, l- let me also point out they had Ric Flair on the show on Monday. Did you happen to Jesus see that? Jesus Christ, Ric Flair, who you know was in the hospital in a coma less than a year ago, I believe it was less than a year ago. Yeah, uh, you know, it was on death's doors for all intents and purposes. The guy who looks like he's held together by duct tape and wishes. <laughs> And you're going to have him in the ring two weeks in a row, no less. Two shows in a row in the ring. That just seems really, really, 
really stupid. And Ugh. to say nothing of some of the, I mean, stupid's par for the course for WWE these days anyway, but, yeah, it's just not good looks. Um, we do have, uh, New Japan has officially opened back up, actually, speaking of COVID. Heard that. Uh, they've, they've been running uh, empty arena shows. Um, they've been, I haven't really been able to watch any of it yet, unfortunately, because a, I haven't had the time to, but B, because the world's so fucked up right now, but they've been running the new Japan cup. And well, Hey, good. at least there's no difference in the audio. Cause you're, there's no crowd clapping. There's no noise. <laughs> I don't know. You get, you get some crowd clapping. In, I know in the... sometimes they pop cause, but they're, they're a smarter crowd, yeah. but they, they're very quiet. Yeah. Um, and you'll notice that I, I that list of names I gave there wasn't it for uh, the speaking up thing. You didn't hear any of the Japanese superstars. Uh, that's I mean, kind it's... of interesting to me. Well, uh, yeah. Maybe makes me think that maybe New Japan has a either they have a very cleaner house or they're just better at keeping it covered up. One of the two. Such is the world that we live in that we have to be cynical about this. Ugh. Um. God, uh, slamming through a couple other quick headlines. I hate to say that this is a quick headline because this should be a major fucking headline. What got kind of washed out in all the uh, speaking out movement and all the other news surrounding it. We may have just witnessed the uh, retirement of the undertaker. I don't uh, listen. I think he's serious about wanting to be done. I don't know if he'll actually stay done, done, done. Cause we've oh, he's, heard he, that's as much as he said himself before. That's as much as he has actually said himself right there. Is, um, I don't know, have you watched any of the, the uh, last ride or the... the Not yet. I was uh, going to wait for the ch- the final chapter to be done. This so was the final one, so I'm, I'm kind of in the it. same boat where I want to watch all of them now. Yeah. But uh, this most recent episode, the whole thing has kind of been the story of his last year within the company and the ups and downs that he's had and understandably the ups and downs that he's had with the things like the Goldberg match and the, the super showdown bullshit and all that. And how he's looking for the right exit. Like he wanted to go out the right way and looking for that one final great match, which you could argue he's already had, but he finished this last episode, which was the boneyard match. And something I thought was kind of interesting was that we all, Everybody commented that, man, that's the best that Taker's looked in years, and he's got these cinematic matches, the greatest thing for him. He's going to be doing well. He can extend this for years doing shit like this. Well, what we didn't really take into account is that's a lot of takes. That's a lot of rehearsing. That's a lot of shit that, you know, it's not a one-take-and-done thing like a wrestling match would be. There's reshoots, and this is like four and five and six hours and seven hours and eight hours long. That's a lot of wear and tear on a body. And from what I understand and what he made it out to seem like is that Boneyard match took a lot more out of him than I think any of us really realized. And I think he's kind of coming to the realization or came to the realization that uh, while the tradition is going out on your back and putting somebody over, that is the riding off into the sunset like he did at the end of that match with Metallica playing may have been the best way for the Cowboy to ride off. And uh, just today, he actually tweeted out a picture, uh, you know, him holding up the fist at WrestleMania, and it just said, thank you. Come on, man. 
You can't so, write a better story. You can't. You really can't. I, for all intents and purposes, that this is a de facto retirement speech or retirement, you know, acceptance from Undertaker, and in the best of ways. And I wish him well, and I, I'm happy to see it. Uh, he has himself said that you know he is always his ears always open to Vince, and he doesn't know that if Vince asked him to do one more match, he'll say no. He doesn't know that he has it in him to say that. Just depends so, on how good the fucking match is. Well, no, it's not so much that. It's that he's he's a he's Vince's boy through and through. So if Vince needs him, if it's break ga- break glass in need of Undertaker, that he'll hear the call and come running. Yeah, but how many more years does Vince have before he's not going to even be in a position mm. to even? I I'm of the opinion that Vince has mastered some sort of dark arts or you know some sort of alien cocaine that's allowing him to live forever at this point. That's it. Alien cocaine episode <laughs> title. Handled. <laughs> it's alien cocaine and we didn't even mention Statlander. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, poor Stat. She's out, man. Chris Stat's out for out with a knee injury. Dude, we're just, we're going to pinball over this. We got Chris Stat's out with an injury. Now, uh, the, uh, the golden goose of the women's revolution that Vince loves. Charlotte Flair, we may not have, see her again until rum, uh, the Royal Rumble now. Yeah, she's out, what, four to six months? Uh, we don't really know. <laughs> um, Ma- major kind of conflicting what, what reports. Um, supposedly, the, the report from WWE is that she's going to have surgery on a possible busted collarbone. But the reports coming out from like Meltzer and the like are that it's either something else that she's having worked on or she's just taking a sabbatical. Uh, she could be injured. She could be injured and need rehab. She could be just taking a break. It's not really been confirmed. But I've seen some reports that had her out until SummerSlam. I've seen some reports that had her out to the Rumble in January. So we'll have to see. Hmm. But two things I would take away from it. If it was an injury, maybe you shouldn't have someone wrestling three nights a fucking week, Vince. Bingo. <laughs> That's one thing. Two... Let's let's take a second to appreciate the irony of this. Who is getting the credit for taking her out? Do you know this? No, I don't. Nia Jax what? is the one that Nia Jax is the one she got into. A, she got into a brawl with Nia on Raw, had a women's title match with Asuka, which she lost. She tapped out um, because she had a bum shoulder from the brawl earlier. Nia made a claim that she was going to man. It'd be a real shame if someone was to kick the queen while she's down. So backstage after the match, while Charlotte's getting her shoulder looked at, Nia comes in and beats her up. So kayfabe, Nia is the one that put her out. Uh, let's let's take a moment to examine the irony behind the fact that the woman who has a history of injuring people and has a reputation of being an unsafe worker is now being responsible for kayfabe injuring somebody and putting them out. Huh. Goes back to doing what doing what you're good at. Yeah, Carney's gonna Carney, and Vince is gonna laugh at what he laughs at. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about this as we pinball around, my friend, because sure. my mind meets got blown last Wednesday. What's that? Oh, well, well uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you the fairgrounds. You you need to say something. There's a phrase that that you need to say. I pointed <sighs> out to you on Wednesday night that you need to put out there. I know. Listen, I believe it's I'm high not, time. Listen, for that. I'm not I'm not big on I told you so's, but. 
in this one, I did tell you so. <laughs> that it would be awesome if my boy from NWA, Ricky Starks, would have some interaction with uh, AEW. And, you know, it's Lo funny behold. because I was driving home. I think I was getting Mexican food or something. I was driving home, and you're like, are you watching Dynamite? And I was like, I'm on the road right now, bro. What's up? You're like, oh, no, nothing nothing major has happened. It's just some, some cool spots and shit, which I still haven't actually watched yet. I have not finished last week's Dynamite. Uh, full, full disclosure, that message in particular was uh, the Abaddon uh, debut. Oh, okay. That okay, was okay. that was I had messaged you originally because of the Abaddon debut, and I'm like, I wanted to see if you just happened to see that. So, and so, then it's cool that she had her de- official debut. Yes. She was on Dark. I think she had like one or two matches on Dark, I think. I think just one, actually. Yeah, I just one. Like, maybe the first or second yeah. dark as well. Yeah. Uh, but you told me, you're like, holy fuck, dude. Dynamite now. It's like, you need to get eyes on the show now. And let me tell you, I had just put on a show for us to watch as we were eating food. So, it's on the big TV. I have the laptop flipped up in front of the TV just so I can see it. And I got Dynamite on Hulu, and holy shit, Ricky Starks <laughs> is is in a match against Cody Rhodes for the TV title? Mm-hmm. Do you know how fucking cool it is that the former NWA television champion got to take on Cody fucking Rhodes, the current yep. AEW television champ? The TNT title, yeah. The it's a, It was a great match, too. In particular, I gotta say he sold the shit out of that crossroads for one. <laughs> Looked like he died. He he took that on a spike. That was beautiful. Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm happy that I got to send you that message, dude. Get on it now. <laughs> and I was over the moon about it. I was so elated. I was so grateful that I had a friend in you to like let me know, like fucking tune in, bro. You need to see this shit. <laughs> uh, Ricky's my dude. I, we've had some Twitter interactions and whatnot, and and I've always supported him. Since I stumbled upon him right when I first started watching Power, uh, was that late last year? Yep. Uh, but Ricky is in an interesting position right now, and let me pick up what you're not expecting me to lay down. We just lost Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. Indefinitely suspended for a time. I get that the inner circle is the inner circle is the inner circle, but being down a guy makes that whole yeah. entire idea of the inner circle weakened. Mm-hmm. Ricky would be a great... He'd fit right in. A great... Just flip, flip, take this puzzle piece, womp, womp, put him there. Yeah. Because then He'd here's fit. what you get, and this yeah. is where I'm going, and I'm really excited I get to go there. If you do this, if you put him there... You naturally get to have Sammy come back and have heat with Ricky. Yep. And duke it out for who's going to remain in the inner circle, which Two you could even have the payoff be them do an actual match just for Jericho to say, oh, come on, guys, you're both in. Duh. Yeah. You know, and then I it's mean, a whole swerve thing. Like, oh, we were friends all along. Like, they could do anything. Right. And it and elevates cool for, him now yeah. even bigger. And you got to think that Sammy probably had a role in them bringing Ricky in in the first place. A hundred percent. They 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 train yeah. together, man. They're they're dudes. Mm-hmm. They've tagged together for multiple times, I do believe. Uh, yeah, they did a they did a. I encourage you guys to watch it because it's a great comedy match. During the Corona, they did a uh, a tag team match with two brooms. 
Well, um, and really, I want to also touch really quickly on the Abaddon signing. Uh, and sure. both Abaddon and Starks have both been officially signed by uh, AEW as per Tony Khan. Fuck yes. Great so, decision. Yep. I like the signing for Abaddon. She's a little green in the ring yet, but I mean, you can kind of say that about almost everybody on the roster. In the they women's need side. women talent, bro. They really need Their women roster talent, is hurting right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, right now their women's roster is down to Big Swole, um, Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, uh, Britt Baker in a wheelchair. And, and now, now Abaddon. Abaddon. Uh, technically, I guess Ashley J. Is it Ashley J? Or what, uh, the gal that Abaddon fought. I can't. J was the last name, and I can't remember her first name also. Oh, I don't remember. Right. Uh, who got overtured by the Dark Order, who may also be recruiting Colt Cabana. Interesting. Uh, I never really thought I'd see Cabana in that role, but hey, I'm I'm here for it. Um, Could be cool. Could be totally different for him. I do know they replaced Sammy on the most uh, this coming episode uh, was supposed to be fighting Matt Hardy. It is now uh, Santana versus Hardy. I like that. <laughs> um, really, uh, AEW's been kind of in a weird like holding position the last couple of weeks. They're going into Fighter Fest, which I like. Um, I dig the, uh, cage and Moxley feud. Love it. But, um, honestly, I, partially it's because it seems like so much has happened in the last week that last Wednesday feels like a month ago. (laughs) It's true. But there's times I'm hard pressed to remember what's happening week to week. Um, and part of that's because they don't have the same crew that they normally would. Uh, they did have a really good tag team match between, uh, Paige and, uh, Omega and the best friends. Uh, I'm digging the Orange Cassidy Jericho feud. Love it. Uh, I didn't. I think the uh, beating him with the bag of oranges is a little, a little too. I guess on the nose. Like it's funny, but it's almost like it's a little too cute. I guess. No, dude. They beat him to a pulp with oranges. I know, but I mean, like it's it's Jericho. It's it's Jericho. His not quite best. To me, okay. it's just really hammy Jericho at times, which, I mean, every comedian is going to have moments that don't quite land. Sure. So I think this is one that, like, it probably looked better on paper than it came off. Sure. So, like, yeah, I, I get it, but and I'm, I'm here for an Orange Cassidy-Jericho match. It should be wonderful. It's just that one segment in particular looked a little off. Um I do like Abaddon signing. I think she's a, a great signing for them because she's got a hell of a lot of natural charisma. That paint job is terrifying. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's dude. got. She looks fucking. I'm not scary. gonna lie. She's got one of. She's got one of the best looks in pro wrestling right now. And that's damn cool. So go for it. Absolutely go for it. Uh, I think they have a little bit of a problem with the women's division. You know whether or not. I mean, even when you take account of or take away all the uh, the injuries they have a problem where all their their best personalities are heels well and then also you also have other personalities who aren't here because of the corona no i know that i'm just saying like think about the big names in AEW, the the names that you're most interested in watching yeah especially if they make abaddon a heel you right the all the best charisma workers they've got outside of reho are all heels your Nyla Rose, your big, your uh, Penelope, your uh, Britt Baker, Britt, 
Big uh, Swole's Penelope. a face. Big Swole's yeah, more of a Swole's big a face. guy. I, Swole's a face. She's she needs some work, but she's getting there. Uh, I gotta say, Britt Baker has been a fucking revelation over the last couple of weeks. I think the she, the, the heel classes with Adam Colbebe have been tr- coming out with some great results. She Man. is a hell hell of a delusional funny heel, and I love it. The fucking Rolls Royce. That's all great shit. Clever. She's clever. Um, I think Abaddon's going to be a good signing for them just because she's got an immediately recognizable look, which is something that they, a lot of them don't always have. She's immediately draws your eye, and I think that's a good thing for them. Um, I did see there was a lot of – there was some contention I saw online where, oh, they signed Abaddon, but they can't fucking sign, you know, Deanna Peraza, who just signed with Impact. It's like, yeah – I mentioned on this show before, like I get that there's some top there's some top names they're missing out on. Like they whiffed hard on Mercedes. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, there's no reason they let that slip. Being able to maintain Kylie Ray was another miss. Kylie Ray, uh, Mercedes, Deanna Perazzo is a name that should have gone to W that should have gone to AEW coming out of WWE. Uh, I'd argue that uh, uh, Kimberly who also signed with Impact, is a name that should have gone to AEW. would have been a great signing for them. Absolutely. Those are all not only great women, but great women that can put on good matches and train as well. So, I mean, that you're, if you're, the issue with your division is that it's too green. Those are the kind of hands you need to be finding. So they're definitely whiffing on some of the bigger names. But I'm also going to give their women's division the benefit of a doubt, which a lot of people won't, because and I've mentioned it on the show before, the talent pool that they're pulling from is a lot shallower than the men's. And I don't mean that to say that the talent's not there. I mean to say that it's greener. Yep, absolutely. Um, You can sign a bunch of guys off the indies, and there's enough guys on the indies right now to replenish itself. There aren't as many independent women. And, again, not to say that that they're not talented by any stretch of the word. There's some great female wrestlers still out there. But when the depth, when there aren't as many of them, when you start taking that top layer off, the layer that comes in to replace them is not as experienced. Simple fact. The bench isn't quite as deep. And that bench needs, uh, that that layer, that, uh, that talent pool needs time to kind of get seasoned before it can be called in. Or they need to call them in and, and, train them in-house, which seems to be what they're trying to do. So, I mean, I, I'm quick to give AEW, at least their women's division, the benefit of a doubt because starting a women's division from scratch right now is not going to be an easy easy fix. I mean, Ring of Honor has tried and failed multiple times now. So, I mean, there's, there's talent to be found out there, and they are finding some of it. They got overbid but for a couple of the bigger names I think they really whiffed on but they you that's something that's going to be a long game you've got to give them time well and you got to think too man yeah. another thing they they can play in the long game is like sure let Mercedes Martinez go to WWE and be in NXT and then watch her go to the main roster and get totally misutilized and get probably overlooked and then probably. want released and then now where is she looking at AEW, where she can really now come in, really make an impact. And guess what? She got trained on Vince's dime. Here's the thing with with Perrazzo and Martinez specifically. They both did matches for for AEW. 
Like, they had him in-house and let them go. <laughs> That's why Man. I say they whiffed big on those two specifically. Mercedes Martinez had matches on Dark. Uh, Perrazzo was in one of the Battle Royals, I do believe. I think she may have been at All-In. I think they both may have been at All-In, in fact. Yeah, I think so. So those are those are places where you had you had them in-house, under your roof, and had the chance to get them locked up there, and you didn't. That's... That's that's a rough sell. <laughs> um, kind of ping uh, ping ponging around the uh, around the news headlines again. Um, we did have backlash. Backlash really wasn't much of anything. I mean, we had the greatest the greatest wrestling match of all time, which uh, honestly, take the billing away from it, was not a bad match at all. Match itself was good. All the extra shit good. they tried to do to make good, it even. more than what it was. Didn't need like, it. The couple things standing out in that match. The the match itself. You take everything else out of it. The match itself was very good. Yep, it's one of the best Orton matches we've seen in a while. And obviously, Edge still has it. So good match. I hate the finish, but we'll get to it. Uh, Edge tearing his triceps mid match isn't going to help anything. But the match structure, the using the old finishers, all that shit. I dig it. Cool match. Um, the having the uh, having little H, you know Charles Robinson in the old school referee gear. Yep. Okay, sure, I dig it. The the weird Madison Square Garden Mike thing, kind of heavy handed. Eh. The one thing that they really didn't need to do was pipe in crowd noise. And by God, did they ever pipe in fucking crowd noise? <laughs> That was so off-putting. Like, honestly, if for me, if they didn't, if they'd had an empty, empty house, and piped in crowd noise, I probably could have bought into it. As weird as that might sound, like I could have suspended my disbelief enough. But sure. it's hard to suspend disbelief when you can look out in the crowd and see that the cheers are not syncing up with people. You're like, wow, those nine people don't sound like these 50,000 people. That's weird. Did you see the uh, Samoa Joe is, tele- is a telepathic bit? No. <laughs> there's a there's a bit in that match where you can see off in the distance, they kind of have this weird angle where you're looking at Edge and, Edge and Orton, but over his shoulder you can see Samoa Joe and the, and the announce table. And he is very obviously not talking. Like, he is, his mouth is not moving. However, they are intercutting. They're the sound that you hear is Samoa Joe talking. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's just a bad edit. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, Samoa Joe has uh, tele- has had telepathic powers. Um, I do love Joe as an announcer, though. I have to say, if he's if he's not going in the ring at all, I like having him in the announce booth. He's fun. Agreed. Um, I do want to call out something else from Backlash that has spun into Raw now over the last couple of weeks and I have a question. Sure. Are ninjas racist? Oh, my God. I'm going to quit this podcast live on the <laughs> podcast. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, I totally know what you're talking the, about. I am in utter bafflement at the... <laughs> that car crash of a, of a, if you want to call it a match, a segment. What? What was that? And why is Akira Tozawa re, like redebuting in this segment? It was so weird. Like, I, I, here's the thing: the the whole 
and I touched on it in the last episode, the the anything you can do I can do better. The Street Profits and the and the Viking Raiders going through all the different sports and the sports entertaining shit and is it it's cheesy and it's overdone and it's too long and uh, I was kind of worn out on it as I mentioned in the last episode. However, that bit, you know, at Backlash where they're just wrestling each other or they're beating each other up and they're having callbacks to the other stuff, I can get with that. That's all right. But then when you have motorcycle ninjas randomly showing up and you have Ivar using the force to, to, to you know, Wampa's cave out a fucking turkey leg instead of a lightsaber, it's just, it turns so bad. You haven't even so mentioned bad. the most disturbing thing about the match. What's that? Fucking Krakens, bro. <laughs> yeah, we have the Dianoga in the trash pit, yeah. Like, come on, like, there's, man. There are, there were so many weird choices made at the, like as that thing went on, but even when you, like, even if you laugh at the silliness of all of it, I honestly felt myself kind of being a little uncomfortable with the ninja thing. Like that felt really, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's racist or if it's cultural appropriation or if it's just a really bad stereotype. It just felt like it felt gross, I guess is the right way to put it. Like it feels really awkward to see Tazawa, who is a great wrestler, doing this really cheesy ninja, like Yakuza, whatever shtick. It's so blatantly stereotypical. And I mean, he won the 24-7 title sure. on Raw, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the 24-7 champ now. It's it's just I, I I don't know if I that's why I mean I legitimately ask is it racist because I can't figure out why it's making me feel that scummy like I can't figure out why it makes me feel like that gross about it because there are other things a Japanese man can do as a role in wrestling that doesn't have to be oh he's a ninja like there's other cool shit you can do with a character yeah. There's other creative ideas that can that can like, make a character it, it, flourish. It felt the same way as Crime Time did initially at one point. Like it's just like this is a really this is just stereotypical and you're just playing on a cultural trope that probably shouldn't be. Well, and it also seems like kind of like the the a little bit of uh of the revival syndrome where maybe he wasn't maybe necessarily happy. Maybe they want to repackage him. He's like, what? You want me to do a fucking ninjas? That's stupid. And they Maybe, said, we'll give you I, I a title. Know. I don't and know. He said, okay. It's just, yeah, it's just all really weird. And I, I, I can honestly say I don't care for it. I think it's really in poor taste. Um, it's got shades of like a Kayan tie. It's 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 yeah. Funaki coming out and doing the indeed, which is funny on its face, but at the same time, it's like I shouldn't be laughing at that. I, it feels uncomfortable to laugh at that. I don't like that. Um, let's see. What else did I have as far as headlines? Um, we also have... Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of all things that make you feel uncomfortable, we have Jeff Hardy throwing urine at people. <laughs> Apple juice, but yeah. <laughs> did, um, you, did you see that it's an, it is an exact replica of a previous spot that they had done years ago? 
Of course it is. It is pound for pound, almost shot for shot. Shawn Michaels throwing, showing, throwing urine in Vince's face. Yep. With the same line. It's just... It was bad the first time, and it's bad the second time, but why did you think it was going to be good the second time? Because I thought you forgot. Uh, we wanted to. We tried, we tried. to. <laughs> um, and the weird thing of, of all that all that buildup and of, you know, the scummy – I keep saying scummy today for some reason. The, uh, the really bad feels idea, uh, the really tasteless idea of having Jeff involved in a hit-and-run accident and being framed for being a drunk and using the, using the real-life situation – as a as an angle that feels really bad, Vince is punishing him because Matt's gone. I don't know, I don't and, know. And and Jeff wants to be on TV, so they're like, "Oh, you want to be on TV? Well, we're gonna just make your real life the shit yeah. you have to portray." And then we're gonna have you lose. Ugh. And yeah, we're gonna have you lose clean. That is just yeah. And there's there were times in that match where I thought Jeff needed to be like they needed to stop the match because Jeff looked like he was kind of out of it. And I'm not saying, like, drunk or anything like that. Like, I thought he'd gotten hit in the head. Yeah, like, he like, took there's a little a couple concussion. times where he's, he's like, he's, he's, uh, gassed. Like, he's really gasping for air, and he's not in good shape. This is kind of uncomfortable. Um, Can you do something else, please? Yeah. Um, the sad thing is, you talk about all the weird angles and the, the ninja thing and the uncomfortable Jeff Hardy thing. And there could be a, a source in the back that we're seeing. Uh, and that is the, that that is that Paul Heyman is out as the head of creative for raw. And Bruce Pritchard is now in Pritchard is now overseeing both shows, uh, which could have some pretty far reaching consequences for a lot of people. Um, there is the idea that guys like Aleister Black and guys like Ricochet, uh, Andrade, uh, Zelina Vega, all the names that have been getting kind of a push on Raw of late were Heyman's projects. And Uh-oh. it's kind of worrisome to see what's going to happen to them now that Heyman's gone. Now, we've seen based on Raw that... Uh, Black is still somewhat involved in the Seth Rollins angle, so there is some continuity there. Uh, I guess Andrade and Angel Garza are going for the tag titles now, so there's at least an idea they're not going to lose their spot. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Apollo Crews drop back down the card. I wouldn't be surprised to see you know, Umberto Carrillo drop back down the card, to see um, Liv Morgan drop down the card again. Sure. Uh, people that you know, that Heyman may have been high on for the future. You know, building the future of the brand, the new SmackDown 6, in a sense. We're going to see them fall back into what, you know, maybe they were doing in the first place, which was not much. Uh, you know, I talked about briefly the the situation for the women on, on Raw and SmackDown and, uh, you know, getting called up and not having much for you. Anybody seen Bianca Belair since she got called up? Oh, no. What's up with that? She's the EST of catering right now. Uh-oh. And, like, it's just not It's not good. It's not good at all. So, 
it's going to be interesting going forward to see what that means for some of these folks. There are still some good parts to Raw, some good parts to SmackDown. Um, I will say that uh, AJ's kind of becoming outed as a, a bit of an ass. I guess he uh, he want, he's been traded back to SmackDown because he wanted off of Raw. He wasn't happy that that Gallows and Anderson got released, so apparently he was pissy about that. Um, did you see the weird thing with the um, uh, the Graves podcast about him? No. Um, I can't remember who was on there with Graves, but outed, I think it may have been McIntyre. I might be wrong, but it might have been McIntyre that outed uh, AJ as a flat earther. What? Yeah. Ah, oh, Christ. Here, Here's the thing, and we... AJ is a great wrestler. He's one of the best ever. No doubts there. But he's not exactly gone out of his way to prove that he's an enlightened individual outside the ring. That's true. Uh, not to get into it, but we know he's had his issues with the gay community, and he's... Um, He's a good old boy at heart. He's a good old Georgia boy at heart. And, um, yeah, he, he, yeah, let's just leave it at that. Ugh. Um, yeah, there was, some, there was a couple of weird things coming off the uh, Graves podcast. There was that. And then the Carmella thing that was almost too bizarre to mention that kind of got disappeared because of the, all the other shit going on. Did you hear about that? No. Uh, in reference to the Matt, or the Jeff Hardy urine thing, there was a I don't I don't I'd have to go back and dig up the actual transcript of the conversation, but there was some weird implication that Carmella likes like she was on the show with Graves and the two of them are dating, and there was some weird implication that Carmella likes golden showers. It was really oh really strange. Christ. It was really weird. Like and again. It it would probably have been something we could have talked about ahead of time, except it was the week that it was. It was like disappeared onto page six of the headlines. Whoa! Yeah, it was. It's been it's been one. It's been a weird weird week and a half, two weeks. <laughs> Man, where are we at on time even right now, bro? Uh, we're looking at just over an hour and a half by my count. Okay, well, uh, do we have more headlines and stuff to cover, or should we? Should 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 we should we touch on my booking thing? Where do you want to go? I think uh, that we've hit as far as the headlines go. I think we've gotten just about everything out of the way. Um, I didn't really touch on NXT, but I'm a little bit behind on following their episodes, so I can't say a whole lot. So, um, I think that wraps up the headlines. As much as I'm afraid to even look at the headlines right now. Sure. Um, I would say I'd leave it up to you, man. We can go into some of the uh, the you got the book. I've we've talked about making it a special, possibly. It's whatever you want to hit on with that. I know All you've right, got a, You put a an immense amount of work into that, so I don't want to do anything that takes away from the effort that you put into it. Okay, so so let's get into it a little bit because yeah, I've watched a lot of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finished Invasion pay per view and then made my guesstimation on what I would do uh, if I had a few things, and I want to make this very clear. When I booked this, this is ultimate booking. I All bets are off. This is me saying if every situation was perfect in the year 2001 going into 2002 and the, the buyout of WCW and everything, how it should have happened. Now, when that happens and I create this idea, Buckles, 
mm-hmm. uh, an accident happened. I started thinking like, oh shit, See, I could book to Survivor Series. You went down the rabbit hole. Is what happened. <laughs> well, I'm I'm two pay per views completely booked through all of Invasion, all of SummerSlam, and then I'm working on the pay per view that's going to follow SummerSlam. Which spoiler alert is not going to be the pay per view that actually followed SummerSlam, but the return of a WCW pay per view for reasons I can't express. So. Okay. I'm actually, because I cannot seriously sit here any fucking longer and hold my tongue <laughs> on booking Invasion, I'm going to talk about the Invasion angle, what was done a little bit, what I'm going to do, how I would have played it, and then we're going to we're gonna leave you wanting because SummerSlam creates a whole new paradigm and then other things happen. Essentially, again, perfect world scenario. Let's talk about it. So what actually happens is in March 26th of 2001, uh, WCW is bought out by the WWE. It actually happened like a week before. Uh, they decided behind the scenes, let's make it a storyline. Uh, we'll have Vince think he's going to purchase it. Shane will actually purchase it. That'll kind of lead to extra heat in their match going into WrestleMania, which it did. And then at Mania, we're going to have Booker T interfere in the Rock-Austin match. He's the WCW champion at the time. That's going to further the storyline a little bit further. And then eventually we build into June where we start to see the full WCW invasion. July, ECW joins on. And then the invasion pay-per-view happens at the end of July. Um, Which, if you watched it, I've expressed how much I enjoyed it as a kid. I still enjoyed rewatching it. It's very, very entertaining. Uh, still a lot of really good matches. But my dude, there were so many opportunities. Do you agree? They, if they would have just thrown the book as far as money at WCW, they could have had some of the greatest moments in history. Oh yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> let's talk about it. So I'm going to talk about my 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 pay-per-view card. I'm going to go down match by match and as I go down match by match I'm going to quantify kind of set up and build for most of the matches. I think there's maybe only like one or two matches that it was just essentially these are going to be great to just put in a match against each other. There's no bigger implication. So the pre-show match would be Rhino versus Godfather. Now most of you would go Godfather, he was good father. Well, he wouldn't be Goodfather anymore because what happens is is that Godfather has a match with Rhino on Raw right before Invasion. And Steven Richards betrays the Goodfather and joins back with Rhino, bonding ECW a little bit stronger. So Rhino with Steven Richards versus the Godfather opens Invasion in my card. Ultimately, Godfather goes over. He gets okay. a clean win. So, what do we know from history? In the time frame of March 2001 until essentially 9-11, I hate to say it, but that's like kind of the, the precipice of when things changed. You had certain things that happened. And one thing we know that happens is you have a two-man power trip in Austin and Triple H. Triple H gets hurt. He tears his quad. He's out. He's a non-factor at Invasion. But okay. I hate that. I think Triple H is one of the best key players, you know? From that era, definitely. So what would you do with him? How, how could you do it better? How would you do it differently? Well, I got to thinking about 
something I was really unhappy with with, unva- with Invasion, which was the way DDP is booked into this weird stalker angle yeah. with Undertaker's wife, Sarah, and everything that kind of falls on. It just didn't make sense for Diamond Dallas Page, no, the I, guy who I watched on WCW, yeah. to do this. That honestly, that's one, that's one of the things that would have been on my short list of things to rebook. And would be that DDP's re-debut would have been one of the higher things for me to pick out. Definitely. But what would have been more of his character in that time would have been DDP coming out and saying, Listen, I don't care who is in the back. I don't care if you are a champion or a former champion. I was WCW world champion. I was one of the best. I want your best. Triple H's music comes out. Time to play the game. And they clash. DDP goes over. And you're like, ooh, WCW got a quick jab in. They took the first match. It's crazy. To carry over from the WrestleMania match, kind of continuing the feud, if you will. In our next match, we've got Big Show versus Raven and Sandman in a handicap match. Okay. What's the setup of that? Well, before then, I think at the previous pay-per-view, I want to say it was at Backlash, which would have happened right after Mania. Big Show versus Raven is a one-on-one match that happens, but it's a last-man-standing match. And Big Show is getting ready to literally what we think is kill Raven as he's going to choke slam him off the stage through a table or whatever. Sandman comes out with a kendo stick and starts beating the fucking life out of the Big Show. <laughs> Big Show's like, okay, you guys think you're badass? You got me. One up me. Sure. You took me out. But you're not going to do it again. At Invasion, we have a match. Raven and Sandman actually beat the Big Show. I thought that was an interesting thing for them to actually go over the the, the, the yeah. Big Show. You know? it just it's, it's something you wouldn't expect to happen. And again, what do we have? The, the WCW-ECW team is kind of doing better than WWE right now. This is not feeling good. It's the same kind of thing that was happening where they were back and forth all night. The next match is an interesting match as we have APA going and defending the WWF tag team titles against the New Radicals. Going to really? catch some heat right now, bro. Okay. The new radicals would be the team of Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. Okay. Spo- spoiler alert: Chris Benoit at this time was actually one half of the tag team champs with Chris Jericho. Right. So, not that far off base to have him involved in this picture, and I love the idea of APA versus Malenko and Benoit. WCW's best, the new radicals. They've. They were the Radicals when they came to WWE, but they're new Radicals because they're going back to their roots. And they've as long as they, do, as long as they don't do that shitty 90s song, I'm good for it. What's up? As long as they're not doing that shitty 90s song that you got the music and you crap, I'm good for it. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, up next, this is just a fantasy booking because I like the match, and I think they had maybe one or two matches in WCW in history, but at this I, point in the way I, I things wanna, are I do working, want to stop you really quickly, really quickly. That sure. last match... I love that booking just because I love the idea of Smash Mouth, you know, full-on brute force APA versus the absolute technical prowess that would be Moinko and Benoit. That is a great matchup. 100%, dude. That is exactly where I was coming from, too, because they were. They were masterful technicians in Mm -hmm. the ring, 
and APA, they were, well, you know, you said it. So Not technical, no. Uh, <laughs> but obviously the new Radicals go over and win the tag title. So now you have a WCW team who has just taken the first WWF belts away from the company. And now okay. panic is starting to set in in the back, obviously. The next match has to be a big win for the WWF, or it, or we might be downhill from here. And then again, it's a fantasy booking. I, they might may have had one or two matches. Better using him than what they used him in Invasion for Real. X-Pac versus Juventud Guerrero. Really? Okay. Uh-huh. I love Hoovy. He's one of my favorites in WCW, one of my okay. favorite cruiserweights. X-Pac was a part of X-Factor. It was him and Justin Credible were in a match uh, oh. in the real invasion storyline. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> X-Factor gives me a little bit of cringes. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. They were awful. Um, that's why I want X-Pac by himself, and there's a reason, which I'll probably tell you off air, just a little bit of a spoiler for what's coming. If you can't see where I'm taking this, it's it's there's a beautiful place that this is gonna go that I can't wait for it to like really really pop off. This is just like early popcorn nibblings. So the next match is actually a match that actually happened. I'm just taking away the fucking dumb stipulation. Trish and Lita versus Tori and Stacy. Boom. Cool. Not yeah. a Braun great match by match. itself. Yeah. Doesn't have to a be a pillow fight. Own, right? Nothing stupid. Yeah, would have been great without any stipulation whatsoever. Sure. Here's where the first name comes in that had nothing. Well, no, okay, Hoovy technically also, but a bigger name, rather, that had nothing to do with this and which will lead into something very interesting as Rey Mysterio returns. And Rey's like, I got unfinished business. There's something that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And he cowered away when he could have faced me. And you know I'm talking about you, Eddie. So, Eddie, you, me, my mask versus your hair. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Because if you'll remember at this time, Eddie still has long hair. It's 2000. Oh, yeah. And obviously, Ray goes over in that match. And... I do believe that Eddie actually was out on injury at this time or he was training and rehab or some something had happened, but he was not being booked. I looked on a site. I want to say it was is Kate, one of the sites that, like, you can look through the annals of every wrestling match. It's fucking great. I'm honestly thinking right now that I don't remember a time of actually seeing a full-on hair versus mask, you know, traditional Lucha de Apuestas match in WWE. I don't know that there has been. I don't know that there has been. I maybe there may be one I'm blanking on, but I don't remember there being one. Interesting. Next match is going to probably pop you a little bit. Taz and Tommy Dreamer are teaming up. Okay. Representing ECW. And they are really they don't like the comedic bullshit that WWE <laughs> WWF, sorry, has been putting out. <laughs> I think I have an idea of who this might be, and I if it is, I'm I'm here for it. So Taz and Tommy Dreamer take on a returning New Age Outlaws. Okay, not who I was thinking of, but I like it. Okay, so the New Age Outlaws <laughs> reform. 
Road Dog and Billy Gunn realized the one Billy Gunn didn't work. Road Dog kind of just fell off into nothingness. Honestly, Need- that's better than better than what I had in mind, so I like it. Okay, so, you know, again, here's a situation where the New Age Outlaws need a win. WWE is down one match at this point, and they lose. Taz and Tommy Dreamer just fucking destroy them. It's nonsensical. It's just, you th- you're you like, oh, God, the New Age Outlaws, such a great team, yeah. such good chemistry, but they never get it going. They just cannot. The, the human submission machine in Taz, like, he just goes off. The inner bitter like, of violence in Tommy Dreamer, absolutely. It's 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 an amazing moment, right? As an and, aside, and I thought you were going to give me those two versus two cool. I thought that's where you were going. Oh, that would have been fun. <laughs> that would have been fun to have two cool get destroyed by them. Yeah, uh, I I do like that too. Uh, this next match never happened and never happened this way, as almost immediately following TLC three, we get TLC four. Okay. And it's a little bit different this time. And here's how it's different. It's two teams of four in a four-man, essentially an eight-man TLC match. Okay. The winners will be dubbed the best brothers in wrestling. One team is compiled of the WWE, which is Team Edge and Christian and the Hardys. Right. Extreme awesomeness, right? Right. Taking on the Dudleys. Okay, called that one. And representing WCW, a reuniting Steiner Brothers. Oh. Oh. (laughs) I, uh... Okay. (laughs) That's out of left field. (laughs) Sure, right? God, was what was the, Rick Steiner even doing at that point in his career? Um, he was still wrestling. He just they weren't and they were terribly booking him, man. They booked him to shit in 2001. Wow. I didn't even Wow. Okay. So, and yes, I looked. They were on roster in yeah. 2001. Yeah, I made they were. sure. They were. Um so yeah, the Steiners and Dudleys lose to the Hardys who get dubbed the greatest brothers in tag team history. I Wow. Out of everything that we've mentioned so far, there's been some good ones. I would have killed to see that match. Oh, Just, me too, man. I mean, I was interested in I was interested in I mean what you what you brought in there was pretty much what we got at TLC three, but the Steiners in that is that that crossed my eyes a little bit. <laughs> there's a moment too where uh, you know, the the Hardys and Edge and Christian are out of the ring and Scott starts to go up the ladder, and then Devon goes up the ladder, and then they have a kind of duke it out uh-huh. moment at the top of the ladder, you know, which I, I just would have loved that moment, the tension of, like, they're on the same team, but then they start fighting. Oh, shit. You know? Right. Next match is going to pop you. <clears throat> Returning to the company... After realizing the mistake he made of leaving in 1997, is Bret Hart okay. getting booked in what is considered one of the dream matches that never happened in wrestling history against Kurt Angle? Ooh, in a submission match. Ooh. Okay, so no. who is he on WCW's side then? 
Brett is, as of right now, Team WCW. Okay. Um, he's just returning in that capacity because of the way this the Invasion angle been is with working. Last, yeah, and wanting, you could play it up as wanting to stick it to McMahon. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, and Kurt, that. okay, you know, wants to be like, listen, I'm going to show this guy why he got chased out in '97 oh, to begin with. You know, God, that you want to talk a technical match? That would have been great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and the finish is going to piss everybody off, but it's also going to fuel the fire because the ref stops the match. There is no okay. winner, decisively, okay, because. During one of the spots, the ref takes a bump and is out. And there's five minutes where there's no ref. And who returns in that five minutes but HBK, who kicks <laughs> the fuck out of Bret Hart, uh. turns around, he kicks the fuck <laughs> out of Kurt Angle. And you're like, wait, what? Whose side is he on? You kind of realize HBK is not on anybody's side right now. It's not yeah. about that. He has an agenda. And it's to make things tense. So technically, during the ref stoppage, Brett gets called the quote-unquote winner. But everyone knows no one won the match. Fuels okay. to the next thing, which we're going to talk about SummerSlam. So At a later not, time, we'll get there. Gonna say, Is what, that your main event of the night? It's co-main event, because main event is still the thing that happens, okay. but the teams are so different, and the finish okay. is so different. So, we have Team ECWCW versus Team WWF. Okay. okay. Now, Kurt Angle was a part of Team WWF, and I removed him from that equation. Needed him right. somewhere else. Right. There was one name who had nothing to do with Invasion that was the megastar during that time. See, there's a name I'm waiting on that I haven't heard yet, so go ahead. <clears throat> so, Team ECWCW features RVD. Booker T, Sting, there's the name, Goldberg, and in a shocking twist, the return of Cactus Jack. For WCW. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're they're a stacked team, and Jack has kind of an agenda. All you WWF guys have always looked at me as the outcast, the outsider, the freak. Well, I'm going to stick it to you guys now. You know, like he's got like his own personal agenda. Right. Team WWF is star-studded. Every single person is a world right. champion. Stone Cold. Okay. The Rock. Okay. Y2J. Okay. Taker and Kane. Almost identical to the team they had. Right. Now this match, <laughs> this match gets down to Austin v. Goldberg one-on-one. What oh. team is going to win? Okay. Okay. I don't know if... Uh, good. Go ahead. Lights go out. Lights come back on. Hall, Nash, and Hogan are in the middle of the ring. Okay. Beating the shit out of both. They lay Austin down. They put Goldberg on top of him. The ref counts three. And it is the most shocking moment as the NWO has returned to interfere in the invasion and to actually invade the pay-per-view in a way no one saw coming. Okay. You would not expect Hall and Nash and Hogan to reunite, although a year later they do exactly that. Right, right. So why not bump that yeah. timeline back just a little bit to play? 
to better strengths, right? So the only thing I would have changed, is I, I don't like Goldberg and, and Austin as the last two, mostly because I just don't like Goldberg as the last guy. I think you're, I would say you're overshadowing Sting a little bit. And there's a little bit of, there's a, a bit of cognitive dissonance. And this is not knowing whatever you have left planned. So I don't know if it would be something you're addressing later. But sure. a little bit of cognitive dissonance to see Hogan and Nash and Hall on a common cause with Sting. Oh, I mean, yeah, but then you would have I you couldn't have them beat him up. I wanted the NWO to fully like we can't determine who really was the winner because they they didn't do it for WCW because they beat the shit out of Goldberg, which is reigniting heat they've already had. Right. And then, you know, there is also the question of, which I love that you kind of get left there, is, well, Goldberg was a little bit of a member of w, of, of the NWO 2000, so right. is he actually the guy? Was that beating him up just a shtick to, to throw us off the scent? Which yeah, we'll maybe. find out the next, next time week, we talk yeah. about this, because there's yeah. more to it, obviously. <laughs> but okay. this invasion pay-per-view for me was kind of a labor of love of sitting and looking and going over the card three and four times, and where this is now is not where it started at all. Right. Um, Honestly, you're making me want to go back and rewatch the original Invasion pay-per-view now. Good. You should absolutely do that. It is It is good, but I, the way I've built this card, I feel like this is one of the most ultimate cards. You have a oh, lot yeah, of great that's, that's very mishmashes of lineups and things. Very much stacked in a way that real life never could have done based on contracts and things, which I, is the whole idea of you've got the book. That's the point. <laughs> Exactly, and I just, you know, and the one the one angle that, like, I struggled with deciding if I really wanted to do was bringing Brett back. Right. Because... I, like, I do like that. Well, and, and as, as history, as we know, he actually got the kick from Goldberg, leads right. to him having the, the stroke, I mean, and then the permanent always having migraines or whatever. Obviously, right. the, later, the later, later in life, he has, yeah. like, a small resurgence, and I think right. it was, like, the... U.S. champ for a small time in WWF, right? Or WWE? I believe so. Like, 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 and then he had the match with McMahon at Mania. So, like. It gives him a better way to ride off into the sunset than he did, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's exactly what I'm saying. And what I build into, because now look, look at all, think of all the different things we have built up here, all the different pieces we've put together returning hbk the nwo has now made their presence felt will they will they be a greater known presence in the four weeks leading to SummerSlam? you know whatever and then when i get to the SummerSlam pay-per-view the next time we do the you got the books that i can do this because i next time should be your thing i don't want to sit and overshadow it just because i did a big thing oh you know you're good you're good I've, I've kind of got something that works i'm looking at a couple different options but like my next card is mostly its own thing and i think i only used one or two matches from the original card or like gotcha. archetypes of matches as it were gotcha. um so it's uh there yo yo oh, i cannot I wait say, to go further down the rabbit hole on this with you my friend this has been a kind of a passion project honestly i will say to give a little tease on the idea that i've got coming up for mine and it's it's probably a little ways off yet so i want to let you get yours done first um so I also got to re kind of tool mine a little bit. I am kind of, I'm booking something that I wanted to, I wish they would have done in, um, if 
I trying to how to tease this without giving it away. Uh, sure. A new era of an existing stable in a way that they probably could have gone and I think would have given them a better send-off to an existing stable as well. That's really a bad teaser, but... Um, well, we'll put it this way. Uh, I wanted to redo the ending of The Shield uh, in debuting a new faction as well. Ooh, love it. So, my first idea didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to, so I got to redo some time issues. Because um, a lot of the people I thought about using for it were not on the roster at that point. So timing was a little bit off, so I got to kind of retool a couple things, but the idea I think is still sound. So we'll get to that when we come to it. Sweet. I cannot wait to see how you do that and how that all coalesces. I do um, want to throw a quick uh, a quick shout-out real quick. Uh, we are getting back to having a little bit of independent wrestling. Uh uh, GCW actually ran a show in Indy this past weekend. Interesting. Um, we're starting to see Black Label. I uh, I was really torn. Black Label Pro is doing a show in August now. Uh, that uh, I they're doing a limited audience, and you can actually call or you can actually buy tickets or sponsor the show online. Pay like you a reduced fee or a reduced price for a signed poster and you know, sponsor a wrestler for that event to try to make sure they're getting paid enough for it. There, we're oh, starting cool. to see some movement of seeing independent wrestling coming back. We might, we might be seeing a little bit here soon. Just keep your we eyes. Need it, man. We need the wrestling world to boom like it was. Cause we had like this very small blip of time where wrestling was really at the forefront. Yeah. We thought we were in this new movement. And then because of coronavirus, a lot of that has been, I'll tell you, I'll repeat something I heard on the uh, radio this morning. This sentiment that I will I will absolutely raise a glass to. You know what holiday I cannot wait for? Huh. My dude, I cannot wait for New Year's. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait for New Year's to say goodbye to fucking 2020. So. It, it's it's I, a living dumpster fire. It, this has been. This has been a this has been a wild one. From viruses to movements to, we ain't done yet. We got an election coming up in November, folks. <laughs> we we ain't we ain't out of twenty twenty by a long shot. Strap the fuck in, bro. Yeah. We're going for a ride. Yep. And that ride is going to have no less than the Undertaker turning around and going, "Where to, Stephanie?" <laughs> <laughs> Speaking oh, yes. of which, real quick, did you notice the uh, uh, Big Swole and uh, Britt Baker thing? They actually did that the other day. What? No. Did you watch the last episode of Dynamite? I only I saw like you... the segment okay. you told me to see. I haven't seen okay. the whole thing yet. So I think it may have been during the women's match that uh, Britt Baker in the uh, the Rolls Royce you know, decides that it's time to leave, and she turns around and Big Swole's driving it and actually turns around and goes, Where to, Britt? <laughs> <laughs> Before <laughs> she dumps her, dumps her literally in a dumpster. So. Oh, that's awesome. Nice little callback. Fuck yeah. But awesome, bro. Well, is there anything else we wanted to talk about before we get out of here today? I, I think we're hitting it right on the two-hour mark, man. I think we're, uh, we hit all the headlines. I think we hit all the uh, the drama we can, and I think we've got some nice things teased. We did finally get some good news and some good things going forward, though. I finally got to tell you about Invasion. <laughs> I, I do want to throw us like one last little soapbox thing out. I mentioned earlier in the show, final thought. If you see something... 
call shit out. Yep. If you see social injustice, if you see, I hate to say the word sexual injustice, but any kind of misconduct, you see it, you report it. Got to. Don't, we gotta make I, I hate saying that because, society. I mean, fear, fear is a real thing. Fear for yourself, fear for your livelihood, fear for your career, all real things. Absolutely. But nothing changes if you don't change it. Nothing changes by expecting somebody else to do it for you. 100%, man. Sorry. All I right. Just, I'm sick and tired of this bullshit. We have, it's 2020. We should be living in a better world than we are now, and we have the power to make it a better world. Do it. <laughs> just fucking stop fucking around about it, man. No shit. All right. Well, folks, as always, you can check out Journey into Wrestling every other Wednesday right here on the Journey into Comics Network. Get us on Apple Music, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey into Comics Network. Get our one feed of amazing, awesome friends making content for you, the listener. Also, uh, make sure to check out all of our other amazing shows on the network as they are great and fantastic. Uh, is there With anything special, else you got for us, Buckles? Special shout-out while we're talking about checking out other shows. Go and check out GIC 300. Oh, thanks so much, bro. You were make amazing a, make part a point of that. Clear, I was really grateful clear your to have schedule. you on it. Clear your schedule and go listen to GIC 300. The, Grab the you some five popcorn. hour spectacle that Grab it is. Have you some popcorn, get you a beer or six, and just have a fun <laughs> with it. Yeah, for sure. Sorry it was so long, world, but we wanted to make it a spectacle, so I'm glad yeah, it hey, was. Congratulations exactly on what it, man. Intended. Congratulations to you and uh, Tyler and to Brando. Thanks, man. We appreciate you. Um, and we also have got some cool stuff planned with Brando coming down the pipe uh, for this mm-hmm. show as well, which we'll be talking about in the near future. Yep. Um, that'll be a new segment we'll probably drop. Uh, I don't know. We haven't decided when, but we're going to start talking about that soon. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Wrestling. This is Journey into Wrestling Season 4, Episode 20, Alien Cocaine. I'm Nate. <laughs> still buckles, still going strong. And we will see you folks later. Get ready for the hot tag. Bye, folks. <laughs>